The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Go ahead, put your hands together one more time for Jesus. And then you may please be seated. Amen. 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 Thank you, choir. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I want to speak to us this morning. Um, I bring a message titled, Knowing Lives, Times, and Seasons. I'm going to speak in the second service um, about maximizing lives, times, and seasons. Um, I'm sure you've heard me say, for those who have been here when I've been here, that I'm still struggling with the grace to preach the same message in the same church, uh, one after the other. You know, I find it funny. I, I, I struggle with it, so I just ask God to give me a, a complimentary message, and I think it's because I'm a teacher. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Ecclesiastes 3, 1. I'm sure you are there, and I'm sure it's on the screen. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. I'm sure you've heard the popular scripture that says that the, there was a, a part of the nation of Israel, they call them the sons of Issachar, right? Who had an understanding of the times and seasons. And season. and so they knew what to do. And because of that, the Bible says that God put them uh, in command of their uh, brethren. So that's a motivation for you to stay with me in this message. Um, that God will give us an understanding of times and seasons. And an understanding of what to do per time and per season. The first point I want to make is that Life happens in times and seasons. All of life. All of life. And it's important to understand that because most people don't. And how you know that most people don't, for example, um, since I know that some of us are professionals, let me speak about professionals, for example. When you get promoted and they say, oh, you're a big boy, big girl, Something in most people's heads tells them that this is how it's going to be for life. So when I speak to leaders in organizations, I say to them, what will happen if you wake up and get to your office on Monday morning, and as they say in one sector, you cannot log on. You cannot sign in. I ask them, how long will it take for your lifestyle to drop? It will shock you. And sometimes I'm talking to general manager level people. That many of them, that's the first time it dawns on them. That seriously. I, just last week I was at a retirement party uh, uh, of uh, some CEO uh, recently, some city in Nigeria. And we were just talking. And it was clear from our conversation, I mean, he turned 60 my relation, it was clear in that conversation that it was a surprise to him 
that he didn't seem as prepared as he should be, even though he's enshrined in the policies that you retire at what age? 60. So most people don't understand it. That's why you find people who suddenly lose their positions and then they don't have a plan B. They don't have a plan. They don't, and I pray that you will not be among them after this message in Jesus' name. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, God said in black and white, while the earth remains, seed time and what? Harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Another way you know that most of us don't have an understanding of times and seasons is when we go through a dark night, maybe a breakup, a loss of work, a loss of an opportunity, a visa denial, or, you know, a, a marriage challenge, a marriage breakup. And some people, uh, and I don't, I don't mock them because I've been in some of these situations I've just mentioned. Many of us sink into such a bad depression that we want to end it all. Forgetting that God's word says that the night will always result in a joyful morning. The Bible says that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I am praying specially for someone because I know of a certainty that there is someone here this morning who is going through a really dark night. I'm praying for you today that the grace to survive the night, God will release to you right now in Jesus' name. People yeah. don't say loud amens here. Yeah. No, our pastor is a man of prayer, so we try to get this amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11 says, Ecclesiastes 9 11, it says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and what? Times and seasons. Times and chance happens to how many people? All. So this Dead season in your life. This dry season will pass in Jesus' name. To maximize the times and seasons of life, you need to start by, before we go to maximizing, you need to know. You need to have an understanding and be able to recognize those seasons as they come. See, by knowing times and seasons... Many people have changed the course of their lives for the best. It's such a power, you know, like when they talk about capabilities that you need to have or skills that you need to have, okay? Just by having a thorough understanding of how seasons work. I mean, as I kept thinking about this message, I just remembered, you know, um, how I became a master of the, um, the what's it called, the, the pregnancy period, just put it in simple English. What do you call it? Gestation, when a woman is pregnant. And so when, anytime my wife was, you know, expecting, I was the assistant gynecologist. I would tell the gynecologist, I'll say, show, there's a show, there's Braxton Hicks. Ah, you don't know Braxton Hicks. And I was intrigued about how God had had created us 
that thing, if you are a man and you are not, you don't, I won't stop having kids, make sure you are present. I was present for all of the three. You know, from beginning to the end, I will go to the antenatal with her and sit there. I sat in the ward, the living room. They tried to drive me. I did not agree. You will be shocked at how God has programmed it. The baby knows the time when to start saying, I want to, that day when it's going to come out. You will think something has possessed the baby. You just be like this. You will stop again. And the woman must know the right time to do what? Push. Because if she misses that time, only God knows what will happen. She can get a bad, really bad tear. So many people have done great things in their lives, with their lives, simply because they had an understanding of times and seasons. Let me give you a few examples. Peter, Simon Peter, in Luke chapter 5, this clock is confusing me. Is it going up or down? It's reading like, okay, please can we put the countdown timer? In Luke 5, Peter was a washed out fisherman. I mean, it's bad enough to be someone who you only eat from what you catch. That if you don't walk, you cannot eat. That if you cannot, if you don't go to the stream to fish. They call it, we call it subsistence. And I'm praying for someone here today who that is your current state. That is ending this year in Jesus' name. God is taking you to a higher level. So Peter, if he didn't go to catch fish, no food. So he didn't catch any fish that day and he was, he was not in a good state. He was washing his net. And then Jesus came to him. There were two boats in Luke 5, the Bible says. And Jesus stepped into his own boat. Like I pray he will step into someone's boat today in Jesus' name. But Peter accepted Jesus into his boat. He didn't just accept him. He surrendered his boat to him as captain. So when Jesus Christ said to him, launch your net into the deep. Peter said, I'm a fisherman. I understand this thing. I've, fought, I've, I've been at this thing all night. But nevertheless, at your word, I will do as you've said. That was the end of Peter's subsistence life. Not long after, people were bringing money to Peter to decide how he would spend the money for the church. Have you wondered if Peter had said no to Jesus Christ? What if Peter had said when Jesus went to step into his boat <clears throat> that, oh, but we don't close you. We don't close. We are here to fish. We don't rent out our boats. Go, 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 go. Or when Jesus asked him to launch out his nets, he didn't respond to him. I pray one more time that you will never miss your season again in Jesus' name. <laughs> but Timaeus, in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52, Mark 10, 46 to 52, Jesus was passing by. It was just a regular day. In fact, the senior pastors tell us that Jesus was just passing by. He wasn't really going, you know, to meet Bartimaeus. But somehow Bartimaeus, who was born blind, this guy was so blind, we keep calling him blind Bartimaeus. He heard that Jesus was passing. He heard that this is the same Jesus that changes people's lives. So he began to shout, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. 
the people who didn't understand times and seasons, even though they were following Jesus, they told him to do what? Shut up. This guy knew that this was his once in a lifetime what? Opportunity to change his story. He kid into it. The Bible says, the more they shut him up, the more he shouted. Then Jesus said, this one will let us rest. Can you please bring him? I pray that God will just hear your cry today. Because I'm going to close with a prayer. I'm going to give you a chance to cry to God like Bartimaeus. And I know that he will answer you in Jesus' name. The woman of Shunem. In 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 8 to 17. This prominent woman, <clears throat> by her own testimony, when they asked her, what do you need in your life? She said, I need nothing. I have everything I want. Can we speak to the king? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm the mother of the king. <laughs> I install the king, if you care. Uh, we are the treasurers of this kingdom. But then, <clears throat> Elisha, who had a double portion of Elijah's anointing, and Elijah was the one who liked to call fire down at will from heaven. Elisha got double of his portion of anointing, was passing through. This woman saw Elisha visit, and she said, one, this man will not always pass by here. I wasn't there, but I know that most people don't go to, through the same place all the, throughout their lives. Once in a while, something will tell you to try another route. The Bible says she's also perceived that this guy is a man of God. So she said, I'm going to do something. I'm going to build a house for him, and a, you know, a room for him, set a guest room or something for him. I'm going to make sure that food is not his problem. I'm going to just take good care of him. I'm sure you read it in the Bible before about how some of us get an opportunity and we miss it because we don't know that God is sending what? An angel through our space. Do you know that that woman's gesture in that moment of response ended her lifetime of barrenness? Not only <clears throat> did she end her barrenness by that response, by also recognizing <clears throat> that you don't stop doing good she kept hosting the man of God, Elisha. She kept being a blessing to Elisha. When the enemy came, like the enemy will always come when you are making progress. When you are doing well, the enemy will always come to try to steal or kill or destroy. When the enemy came for the son, many people, when they got the son, you know what they'll do? Elisha, thank you very much. Come and be going know. Elisha will call them and say, what, 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 why, why are you calling me? What do you need me for? I don't have time. I'm looking after the baby. Come on. This baby is not allowing us to come to church. He didn't sleep throughout the night. No, she wasn't fool, a fool. She just stuck with this man. <laughs> when death came, the anointing still worked. This is the guy whose dead bones were still raising the dead. I pray for anyone who has made an error in their lives concerning your time of response that God will give you a second chance today. Yeah. The widow of Zarephath in 1 Kings 17, 8 to 16, there was a famine 
like the pastor spoke about, Pastor Kuli spoke about earlier. There was, there was a famine. Things were rough. I mean, many of us have not really seen a famine before. Many of us have never been hungry before. I have been hungry before. And it wasn't even in Nigeria. I was hungry in London. It's not easy. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't matter how hungry you are in Lagos. If you come to GFH, you go to soup kitchen. They'll take care of you. <laughs> or you just go to Pastor Money's house. There's always food. But in London, you have to tell them you are coming. And if you are planning to come at lunchtime, they will say, no, come at four. <laughs> this woman was going to die with her son of starvation. But then Elijah said, can I just have some, some food? This was her last meal. Have you ever wondered that if that woman has said, I mean, she even had prophesied it. Eh? She said, I want to go and eat my last meal and then do what? Die. Eh? She had said it. And that would have been the end. But God, who is merciful, gave her another chance. That God will give you another chance today in Jesus' name. Just by understanding times and seasons. And I, I feel led to just tell you about mine, as, as, just to add on to that. And I may have tell, told you a part of the story before. There was a time of my life, let's cut out all the preamble, where I was in a really bad state living in London. Coming from a very high place, Things had crashed for me, and I found myself in London. I went from being a, a, a cleaner, a security guard. I, even, I forgot which one. You know, God will make you forget <laughs> all the bad memories. I don't remember the sequence, but I went from cleaner to security guard to factory packer, everything. And just before the boat drowned, I attended a, a program. We call it the Festival of Life in London. And Pastor Adeboe was preaching, and he just said, you know, there are some of you... You know, your life, where things are now, the boat is about to capsize. You know, if, if, uh, if, uh, if, if you are not careful, if I, the water is already in the boat. I said, how did this man know? Because the last accommodation I was living in, they had given me quick notice. The only other place that I thought I would go and live with a relation of mine, he told me in the morning you can come. The next morning he said, sorry, my wife heard that I have told you to come, so you cannot come again. So homelessness in the winter of London, November, I can never forget. I said, wow, that's, this was October 25, 1996. When they gave the altar call, I ran forward. Six weeks later, I was back in Nigeria of my own accord. Within two weeks of landing back in Nigeria, I got a great job, okay? And that set me up in my consulting career for the last 20-something years, 26 years, of which God has put me at the peak of my space today. Every time I think about my life, what if that day... Because I was very popular in Jesus' house in London. No. Popular gone from the old days of Nigeria. So, you know, these people know me to be a funky guy. To come and answer altar call. Ah. Mm -mm. But I knew that the boat was about to capsize. So I didn't mind anybody. If I had, when I got back to Nigeria, the company that gave me that job said to me, they had offered someone who had an MBA from Stanford. That same role and he had been wasting their time for the last six months, and they had decided that if they didn't fill that role in December, they were going to close it. I landed on the 1st of December. By the 14th of December, I had my employment letter in my hand. I want to pray for someone here today. That step you need to take so that you will enter what God has prepared for you. You will not miss it in Jesus' name. By not knowing or recognizing life's times and seasons, some people have brought great evil on themselves. 
It's very costly not to know the time. I won't dwell on them. You know Judas very well. As people were collecting double portion of anointing from Jesus Christ to do greater works, all Judas was interested in was what? 30 pieces of silver. People sold their land to put money at Peter's feast. Judas, 30 pieces, let's just do this thing and make money. You know how he ended. What about Gehazi? You know, in 2 Kings 5, verse 15 to 27, 2 Kings 5, 15 to 27, Elisha said to Gehazi, he said, is this the time? So you think that the time now is to be collecting, um, 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 you know, a good, uh, you know, from, from, from Naaman? Is that what you think the time is? This Elisha was speaking from a place of pain because he knew that by waiting for his time and seeing God when he came to get Elijah, he was able to get a double portion. And he was hoping to give the same thing to who? Because you don't carry this anointing to heaven. They don't need it in heaven. But this guy said, ah, this Elisha doesn't want to die here ago. <laughs> See, they brought money for pastor. Pastor said we should, we should go and distribute. I bet give me this money. Give me this money. He collected it and collected leprosy on top of it. You know the story of Lot's wife. The husband was going this direction. She looked in the back. She didn't follow the husband. You know what happened to her? She became a pillar of salt. Wrong timing. So, let's begin to bring this to a close. How do you recognize times and seasons so you know what to do? Hopefully, you have the appetite now to aspire. One, you must know the controller of times and seasons. Personally. Life's times and seasons are constantly changing. Constantly changing. Constantly changing. Oh, I, I, I work for this big company. I'm a CEO. All it takes is for an acquisition to take place. And <laughs> you're out of work. I'm the master of this industry. All it takes is for the industry dynamics to be disrupted. So times are changing, but there's somebody that never changes. In Hebrews 13, 8, he said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 says, I'm the Lord, I do not change. One man who kept winning, irrespective of the king's season that he was in, was Daniel. In Daniel chapter 2, 20 to 21, Daniel said, this God is the one who changes the times and the seasons. I pray that he will change the season in your favor. What does that mean? It means that if I have a personal relationship with this Jesus, it's like when you are in school, if the timekeeper, time prefect was your friend, he will make, you will know that you should move close to the dining hall before he rings the... If you went to boarding school, you understand that member. He, if you know the controller of times and seasons, you will be extremely successful. No matter whether it is dry season or rainy season. You will have an understanding of times and seasons. You talk to him, sometimes he may not even talk to you. Because you are close to him, you will just, you will get the memo. There will be 100,000 people, but you will get what he's saying. Number two, know him. I've said number one. Number two, look up to him, to the controller of times consistently. You see, the world we live in is full of distractions. It's too much. Ah. Distractions and deception. 
most things are not what they seem. <laughs> I was at a uh, uh, naming ceremony a few days ago, last Saturday, and somebody gave me a Yoruba word. He said, most, don't I know that most people that live in Lagos, there are people who use their skin to buy markets. If you understand Yoruba, you understand. He said, hey, people, people are just too fake. So don't be deceived by the obvious. God sits above the earth and he sees how many things? All things. He knows the end from the beginning. So the wisest thing you can do in your life, knowing that life is in times and seasons, is to always seek his face. Tell your neighbor, seek his face. To tell you what time or season we are in. Psalm 121 tells us that, you know, tells us what your life will be if you learn to look up to God. When Abraham was overwhelmed by his then circumstances, delayed circumstances, totally overwhelmed by his surrounding circumstances, delayed in childbearing, ridiculed left and right, people were laughing at them. Sarah said, those who have been laughing at me, now they will laugh with me. I pray that those who have been laughing at you will laugh with you. God will force them to laugh with you in the name of Jesus. They don't need to die. Don't be praying those prayers that you should die. That's too easy. Easy exit. Easy exit. Pray that God will prepare a table before you in front of your enemies. What did God do to Abraham? God took Abraham out. Genesis 15, 1 to 6. He said, Abraham, don't be distracted. Look up to work. Look up. Look up. If you can count the stars, so your seed will be. Once you are in the right relationship with the controller of times and seasons, you must daily, minute by minute, look up to him for guidance and help. He said in his word, he said very clearly, he says, in all your ways, do what? Knowledge him. And he will direct your path. Don't get into that conversation, that interview without praying. Don't get into your office and just open your laptop and begin to do without praying. No, no, no. You don't need to do, um, 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 power must change hands or God will do it again by prayer in the office. You don't need to just talk to God intimately at your desk and say, God, order my steps. I'm going to talk to this customer now. Talk to me. What should I be saying to him? Build that intimacy. And somebody say, Pastor, what if I'm not in the right relationship with him? God is not going to exclude you if you come to him. If you say, I want to begin to hear from God direction for my life today, and I will come to him, you begin to hear from him. The problem is that the further you are away from him, the more rarefied the communication. You can't hear. You'll be hearing secondary information. And if, if the person that is passing the information is a farmer, he will be telling you about crops. Meanwhile, you are <laughs> a digital guy. <laughs> I'm on his case this morning. <laughs> and then lastly, pay attention to signs and times. If God shows you and you don't pay attention, when, what he has said to you in the closet, be watchful about it. Connect your spiritual senses with your physical senses. Jesus said repeatedly in the book of Revelation, he said, let he who has an ear, let him do what? Hear, God is talking. God is saying something. He said, you will hear a voice in your ears saying to you, when you get to a crossroad, turn to the left or turn to the right. For example, in Matthew 24, verse 3 to 14, Matthew 24, 3 to 14, Jesus Christ talked about the, the times that we are in, the signs of the times. 
you know, how there will be wars, there will be earthquakes, there will be all kinds of things. These things are happening. Whenever you see trends around you, check with God. What are you saying? Because he's a God of knowledge. So as I bring this to a close, I just want to remind you, life happens in what? Times and seasons. If you know times and seasons, you will bring enormous value to yourself. Great blessings, recovery to yourself. The one who controls these times and seasons is the almighty God himself. If you want to really know the times and seasons of life, you need to move close to God. You need to return to him and say, Lord, where did I miss it? I come back to you. You know, one of the beautiful things about God that is so different from us is that it doesn't matter how far you have gone. It doesn't matter how bad you have been. It doesn't matter how murderous you have been. And I know what I'm talking about personally. The Bible says the blood that Jesus shed cleanses from how many kinds of sins? It's only men because we don't know their own secrets. It's only men who condemn other people. If you haven't walked a journey, a man's journey, they say, you, you, you can't know what he's gone through. But God knows all things. So if you are here today and you are saying, Lord, I don't like the season that I'm in. I want a new season. I want you to tell me the next season of my life and take me safely into that season. I have good counsel for you. Just repair your relationship with God today. Because before you were formed in your mother's homes, God knew you. He knew the seasons of your life. And then once you get to know him on a daily basis, make it an intentional discipline. I don't want to call it prayer life or, yeah, that's obvious. But make it an intentional discipline that you will seek God's counsel, direction, so that you will know this soup kitchen they're talking about, what you are going to give to that may be what will change your life. Some people will say, oh, next year I will do. And they miss the season. So I want to pray for two categories of people this morning. I want to pray for those people who are here who are saying, Pastor, would you please pray for me? I, I want to return to that father-son, father-daughter relationship with God that makes sure that I don't walk in darkness, that makes sure that I, I stop stumbling. You see, because Jesus Christ said, he who follows me will never walk in darkness. The reason why you have missed many times and seasons in your life is because you have walked far from light. Some of us have even turned our backs completely from light. And it's okay. God is waiting with open arms. He's not waiting to pound your head to crucify you. Jesus Christ already paid that price. I just want to pray if there's anyone here, may just be one person who is saying, I, I want to return to that relationship with Jesus. I want you to rise on your feet, wherever you are, if you don't mind. Just rise. Just rise on your feet. Just rise quickly. God bless you. 
Before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you. He programmed that you will walk at a certain month. He programmed that you will have teeth at a certain month. He says, he, he made us so that every, we will bear fruit in our own season. He knows the seasons of your life before you even knew yourself. But you have been missing it because you have been far from him. I'm going to make the call one more time before I make the final call of who I'm praying for. You are here. You realize that you have missed many seasons of your life. You've lost many opportunities. <laughs> now your strength is ebbing out. You seem to be in a wilderness. And you are saying, Pastor, I've heard you. I, I want to return to the one who can show me the way. I want to get back in sync with Jesus. Would you please rise on your feet? Just rise quickly. Rise quickly. God bless you. Rise, rise, rise. Just rise on your feet. I want to get back in step with the one who made me. You didn't make yourself. So your destiny is not entirely yours to fulfill. There's somebody who act did the architecture of your life. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Now, if you are standing, and my objective is not to embarrass you, it's just because I, I want to separate the people who are coming back to Jesus from the next and final prayer point. I want you to please come forward. Come, come. Nothing to be ashamed about. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing to be ashamed about. This is step I took. 26 years ago. I changed the entire course of my life. Come, come. I'm not telling you there will be no more challenges. I'm telling you that every one of those challenges will lead you to a higher level. Every one of them. Every trial, every test that a child of God faces takes them to a higher level. And this is the final call. I want to pray for, with, not for, because I need a prayer. You've lost time in life. You've lost opportunities. And you're just praying to God, Father, restore me today. I know that today is a restoration. And I just want us to agree in prayer. In, you are specific. I lost close to 10 years of my life. But God restored bountifully. I want you to please stand so we can pray together in agreement. Just stand quickly. Stand, 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 stand. You've lost time. Time, time, time. Lost opportunities. You've missed. Missed. That's right. You know, as I was getting ready this morning, I, I'm sorry I see a number of us standing, but I, I want you to pray in faith. The Holy Spirit reminded me of a sister that, you know, I'm here with one of my trusted pastors, Pastor Shegum. God bless you, I forgot. Uh, so he knows the story I want to tell you. The sister, very close to us, ready to marry. But then there was a guy in church who came from England. He had had a rough time. Many people didn't know, but I knew. He was, he was, he was hustling, really hustling. He was courting with somebody at the time. And he asked her out. At that time, we didn't even know how zealous this guy was going to be. He was quite committed. He asked her. And she said, me and you. How? And she boned him. I'm not a prophet, so I couldn't, and I don't, I'm going to marriage making. But I, I, I sensed something was wrong in that snub. The guy moved on. In fact, the guy, he went to like three, finally landed one. Found one really, really pretty.
pretty young lady. The girl loved him to bits. And since they got married, things have continued to go from one level of glory to the other. Now that sister who snubbed the guy, I don't mock her, but I know that she missed a great guy. But I know that she's going to find her own because she's, she's fully remorseful about it. I want to pray for you. I want us to pray together. Just lift up your voice to God and acknowledge your mistake like that, my sister. Acknowledge. Just acknowledge that mistake. Don't blame anybody else. Just acknowledge. You say, Lord, I, I realize that I missed it. Lord, I missed this. Thank you, Father. And they ask him and say, Lord, give me a second chance. Give me a second chance. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And so, Father, we want to thank you for the integrity of your word today. Thank you because your word, when it goes forth, it goes forth with the power to fulfill its purpose. Father, I pray for total restoration for everyone who has acknowledged their error today. I pray, Lord, that in your own infinite mercy, unsearchable mercy, because of the power in your word today, there will be restoration. Total plus extra in the name of Jesus. I pray that where they have lost speed, where they have lost time, where they've lost opportunities, lost the right kind of relationships, I pray, Lord, that you will bring those things back because you are the author of times and seasons. You bring those seasons back and give them a new opportunity and help them to make the right calls this time around. And let the glory be yours alone. Thank you, Lord, for your sons and daughters that you drawn to yourself in salvation this morning. Your word says that anyone who comes, nobody will turn them back. Nothing will turn them back. I pray that these ones will stand. Every seed compromised in their lives, let the blood of Jesus wipe away. Let their lives be for your glory forever. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. God bless you. I think we have counselors. All right.